Hey, beautiful humans. It's time to stop sacrificing for everyone else and put you first. Are you feeling tired, stuck, or disconnected? Or maybe you're just looking to be the best version of you. I'm Mary Wong. And I'm Dr. Tanya Wild, and this is Embrace, Embrace You First, a podcast to help you thrive and not just survive. We are busy moms, successful entrepreneurs, and doctors in the field of natural medicine with over 40 years combined clinical experience. You're going to learn from our professional expertise and our juicy secrets that have helped thousands of men and women just like you. We are going to teach you practical and doable strategies on health, relationships, and career. So sit back, relax, and get ready to embrace you right now. Masturbation is a meditation on self-love. So many of us are afflicted with self-loathing, bad body images, shame about our body functions, and confusion about sex and pleasure. I recommend an intense love affair with yourself. And this was by a quote by Betty Dodson from 1929. She lived until 2020. And today we have an amazing guest with us, Dr. Jordan Wiggins. But before we get started talking all about sex and self-love and improving our relationships, I just want to review uh, one of our reviews of the week. This one is from Wow THXU, Wow Thxu. <laughs> and it says, Thank you. This is on iTunes. Solid advice, enthusiastically delivered, lots of great info, delivered with such passion and enthusiasm. On top of such an important overall message, nourish yourself so you can thrive and not just survive. Because when you thrive, those around you do too. Much needed information in this hectic world, especially at this trying time. Love the conversation style and the excellent, easy to follow advice. Fantastic job, ladies. You guys, your ratings, reviews, feedback, and shares, they are so important to us. Thank you so much, W-O-W-W-Wow-Thucks-You. You rock. Thank you so much. We are very new at podcasting. It's a very strange thing to do because we don't get that immediate feedback. So we really appreciate all of your feedback. The reviews that we're getting are phenomenal. And we are so passionate about this. We're going to go really big. And why? Because of you. So please, right now, if you can take a minute to subscribe and rate our podcast and give us a review before you forget, we would love that. And then hop back on here and listen to us talk all about sex. So Dr. Jordan Wiggins, welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Well, we are so super excited because as a naturopathic doctor, entrepreneur, and women's sexual health disruptor, I just love how you brand yourself Uh, because you are revolutionizing the way we deliver, educate, and talk about sexual health and pleasure. So as the author of The Pink Canary, Dr. Wiggins has unlocked the hidden secret to optimal wellness and the real-life ways you can start to welcome pleasure back into your life and relationships. Relationships. So today we are super excited because we're going to talk about how to use pleasure for more connected relationships and better health. But before we do a deep dive with that, Dr. Tanya is going to comment on how she was <laughs> going to be a sexual health educator. Can you speak to that? And then, yeah. So the reason I actually connected with Dr. Wiggins was because she specializes in this, or actually she has a special interest in this, I should say, because as naturopathic doctors, we can't technically say that we specialize, but 
originally in practice 15 years ago, I thought, oh, this is such an, an important topic. And I really enjoy helping couples and individuals kind of connect and be intimate and get to this level of health that they can even consider or think about uh, sexual health and uh, improving orgasms and, you know, getting to this place of intimacy that's perhaps beyond orgasm, just connection. And um, I'm curious with you, Dr. Jordan Wiggins, because my husband at the time said, that is crazy. You're going to attract weirdos. So I, I kind of asked my patients on a regular about their connection with self and intimacy with couple in a couple uh, situation. But how did, how did you come about specializing and how did, how do you find, um, you know, are you attracting weirdos or tell me more? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because I felt the same way. I had this internal desire to help s- women just like myself fix this problem, but I was scared how do I market it? How do I talk to people about it? You know, even just putting the word out there, are there going to be weirdos? And it's actually the exact opposite, just the most amazing uh, women and couples ever. So I had the same fear to begin with. And that makes so much sense because it's a prevalent issue. And because there's shame around this, and of course, we'll speak to this more, um, what a better way to connect, right? Because it's like, thank God there's someone out there that can help me. Yeah, so exactly. thank you for filling that gap, Dr. Jordan. It's so awesome. So let's <laughs> let's talk about that then, right? So for maybe sure. talk so, about the quote maybe to start with. What did you think of that? <laughs> Betty I Dawson. love Betty. I love yeah. her, her and her work. She's ahead of her time talking about um, shame and guilt when it comes to sexual health. And even as qualified healthcare practitioners were scared to even put it out there because we don't know what we're going to get back. So what did you say that quote was from 1924? 1920 to 1929 to 2020 was when she lived, but somewhere in, I guess, the 1950s, it would have been, right? But way before her time. Yeah, Yeah, extremely, extremely ahead of her time, focusing on women's pleasure and women's orgasms, which is really an up and coming topic today in 2020, but this is work that she's been doing or was doing for years. And it's um, love that you started with that quote. And it brings up so many topics for where we could start, but I guess just self-love and how important that is. And I don't know how deep you want to go on this, but Let's go deep. I yes. mean, you know, we're, we're, this is an intimate Cause conversation because it it's so important because because there's shame and, and fear around it and guilt. And I'm going to say this because I personally, when I was young, I, I was the kid going to gym class and changing in the bathroom. Right. And I don't think I'm alone in this, but certainly because, you know, there's like a lot of Europeans like they're they learn to like be so free and they're like naked all the time. Well, not all the time, but, <laughs> you know, growing up there, there isn't that, um, at least for the Chinese culture and a lot of Asian cultures, right? We're, we're really proper and we're like, it's like we fear ourselves. I completely agree. There's the, so body image, shame. I think we're constantly as women being marketed to that, you know, our lips aren't good the way they are, our eyelashes are 
vaginas and vulvas, there's products constantly marketed to us that surgeries, labiaplasty, yes. for example, is a increasing in popularity. So how things, yeah. yeah, just we're constantly being told that we're not good enough as we are for men and women. Yes. Um, yeah, I was actually shocked to have here uh, a teenage patient who had had a labiaplasty and I hadn't even heard about it. And it as was a teen, she as a teen, and she just felt that it was too big. Yeah, in this shame. So first of all, if we think about the fact that we anatomically refer like a vagina is the birth canal, right? The internal yeah. part, but we're really talking about a vulva. That's the external part that you can see. So the equivalent would be like calling a penis a scrotum, right? And so we don't miseducate men about their anatomy, but for some reason we're talking about the vagina. Like we're, we're calling it the wrong thing. We're teaching girls the wrong thing. And I think that there's that inherent shame from when we're little and growing up. I'm were. trying to not do that with our kids and just literally like they asked at a young age in the grocery store, mommy, what's a vagina? <laughs> My son asks. And so, you know, basically I gave him the story behind it. And then he's like, well, can I see? And I'm like, not right now, but <laughs> at home, I was like, you're going to see this once because <laughs> you're old enough now. Wow. And I literally yeah. showed him and I said, this is where you came from. I'm never going to show you again, but this is, you know, and I just showed him because I was like, gotta know. And now he knows, like he says it, he describes it to my daughter. And I did the same thing with my daughter once explained it to her. Cause I think it's really important to just be like, we have a vagina, you have a penis, you know, right. like it's, yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, just, and mm -hmm. speaking to it as anatomy and nothing to be shameful about, right. It's Correct. like another body part. Yeah, exactly. Don't have and to hide it. So many of the women that I work with, we ask them, what was your anatomy called growing up? And there's a ton of names that come up, like no, they're made up names. And even the most tragic thing is some people will say nothing. We did not have a word in our home. It was the unnamed in our home, for sure. It was just not talked about. I, I've never had the birds and the bees conversation with my parents. So I don't think I'm alone in that. Like, again, I think there's a cultural thing too. It's just not to be talked about. <laughs> it's the minority of people that I work with who had those conversations with their parents that were sex positive and pleasure focused. Some people have the birds and the bees talk, but it's, you know, we don't do this until we're married and you're going to get pregnant. You're going to get an STI. Like it's very fear based. Yes. Um, so sometimes even if there is a talk, it's not a great talk. And then we wonder why one in two women suffers with sexual dysfunction in their lifetime. Well, wow. say that again. One in two. Is that what you said? Yes. 49% globally. Wow. So this okay, so isn't just a, like a North America problem or a cultural issue or religious issue. This is a like global problem. And I think that that statistic is underreported. 
Wow. Okay, so what does that look like then? What does that mean when you say sexual dysfunction? So sexual dysfunction is three things. Lack of desire, which is the big one, where women want to want to have sex, but in reality, they don't care if they ever do again. They're just more concerned about it because it's a problem for their partners or a problem for their relationships, but they lack desire themselves. Um, And I see, and I don't know if you see this as well, but it's almost like we accept it that, you know, oh, after kids or in perimenopause and menopause, it's just kind of like, well, you know, some people just accept that that's okay. And I think that's the biggest tragedy. Yes. There's a level of apathy. And I'm going to take a step back because although my mother was very forward thinking and she did have very, maybe one or two birds in the bees conversation that don't remember, maybe she didn't, I don't know for sure, but we would get a lot of newspaper clippings on abstinence and, you know, making sure that you waited and and Mm -hmm. again, very hippie-esque, but like, don't have sex until you're married. Yeah. So Right. Like going, going back to that, that's super fascinating that, uh, you know, like, and that you see it too. Um, and it is a question I'll ask of uh, individuals, women, men, um, but there is this level of apathy that it's like, almost like it's not a concern that nothing's happening. And, and you know, that's why I'm not interested. But there are exactly. a lot of women who come and say, I have, um, you know, low libido and I want it back. So let's talk about those women and also men. I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm not just seeing, yes. I see a lot of women who are saying that their libido is great, but that their partners are having issues. So um, do you see that as well? And do you know the stats around that? This for men, it's something like 17% or it's lower, okay. but I, I think that that's underreported as well. Probably. It's significantly lower, like disproportionate that more women are affected, but also there's just that shame in raising your hand and saying, Hey, I have a problem with this or it's accepted. Right. So I think both are underreported and we're seeing millennials are having less sex than the two previous generations. Really? I know the hookup generation. I'm a millennial and with Tinder, with all of our apps and everything, it's actually a myth because we are having less sexual encounters than the previous two generations. Wow. So it's like all talk. Yeah. And marketing and yeah. But when we actually look at the number of sexual encounters per month between 2002 and 2012 is down by two less sexual encounters a month on average. So it was just over six. It was just over four. And I bet if they repeated that study again for 2020, 2022, it would be down more. Especially in a pandemic, (laughs) right? We had this weird dichotomy going on with the pandemic. So it was either um, people that were like really busy, really overworked, overwhelmed, that had some time to kind of breathe and slow down. There was those reconnections. And then, yeah, so it was like one of two camps people were seeming to fall in that it was either better intimacy because there was so much less stress going on or the opposite, you know, 
kids trying to homeschool, everyone trying to work from home and more stress. So Yes, of course. And um, I just then want to then go into, so it's like a myth about sex. So let's look at some other myths. Oh, myths. Okay. Well, the biggest one that I find that's keeping people from having really enjoyable um, sex and sex that you want to have is that sex is penetration and mutual orgasm is the goal. I think that's one of the most damaging myths that we get. Um, We see the messaging with media, Hollywood, like in movies, that kind of thing. Pornography really is sort of a default sex education, especially for millennials and younger generations, because we've had phones and laptops and um, just viewing of video pornography has really gone up. So instead Uh of it being an exploration of what feels good and learning to communicate, because sex isn't really talked about people watch porn as their default sex education and what they're seeing is not what feels good for most women. Right. And that's because 70% of women do not orgasm from penetration alone. So 70% of women grow up, they're getting messaging, their partners are getting messaging that penetration is the focus of sex and 70% of women won't be fulfilled by that. And they think they're broken. They think there's something wrong with them. Yeah. And then that it gets encouraged. And then the man thinks that there's something broken because they're taught that, you know, I should satisfy you with just by being inside you. Right. Exactly. They want to please you, but they don't know how. Exactly. And they don't want to, it's almost like not manly to ask, or it's not manly to not to not know, just know how. Right. So as if you should, yeah, that's so crazy because it's like you're asking someone to spontaneously know how to take care of you. And meanwhile, we're all individuals. So what we like is going to be different from one woman to the next, right? Exactly. And it'll be different at different life stages. Pre, like, pre-pregnancy, post a baby, menopause, things are going to feel different and work different throughout a lifetime. And for women and men, men as they age and things change with their desire and arousal. So yeah, we're really, really put at a disadvantage with the way that we are educated or in, we call it like miseducated. And we do a sexual health re-education. That's amazing. Thank you for joining us. Click subscribe, like, and share. Please comment and suggest topics you want us to cover. Until next time, ask yourself how you're going to embrace you first today. For more podcasts, check out embraceyoufirst.com. And follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.